0: Sophie, and this is She's All Fat, the podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. In this episode, we're hanging out, aka goofing off, with comedian and happy fat Sophie Hagen. Okay, but first of all, don't forget you still have time to catch up with the She's All Fat book club. Go to she'sallfatpod.com book club for reading questions and exercises with each chapter of Fearing the Black Body by Sabrina Strings. For our season finale next week, we're bringing on a special guest to cover the book with us, and we want you along for the ride. Also, a shout out to our Fat Babysitters Club. All month long, when you join our Patreon at Team Paisley Moomoo or above, we're giving you a special shout out. That's what we call a low stakes Patreon drive. <laughs> this week, we're shouting out Sean Gifford and Amber Johnson for joining the club. When you join our Patreon at $7 a month or above, you get access to our patrons-only Facebook group, Weekly Bonus Minisodes, and now access to a Sunday stream for the month to read The Babysitter's Club and talk about Cheetos with me. So this Sunday, we're going to meet on Facebook Live in the group. It's going to be awesome and become a patron before Sunday to be part of the fun. Did you know that you can call in to She's All Fat? It's true. We have a voicemail. Call us at 213-375-5023 with your questions, episode ideas, your quarantine obsessions, or a future call-in episode. Also, if you can figure out something it spells, we will shout you out. (laughs) That's 213-375-5023. Okay. I hope y'all are ready to laugh because Sophie Hagen is so funny and so sweet. And this interview will lift your fat heart. Here it is. I'm here with the hilarious Sophie Hagen, comedian, podcaster, author of the new book, Happy Fat, which we're all obsessed with over here. And we're here to talk about goofing off to keep your spirit alive. So for our intro, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, can you give a little bio of your work or your connection to Fat Justice and... Comedy stuff. I don't know. Talk about yourself for a second. Uh,
1: I always ask this when I when I do my podcast, and I I know how evil it is to
0: ask someone because it's <laughs> the worst. And I'm always like, hey, good luck answering this. I know, like pitch yourself to my audience. Pitch so, it yourself.
1: I was born in Denmark, and then I'm. Oh my god. To, <laughs> it was a rainy <laughs> November no. <laughs> I'm Danish, I just want to explain the, the accent, because that might sound weird to people. So I'm, I'm from Denmark, I live in the UK. I started doing stand-up 10 years ago, and moved to the UK after two years, and at around the same time, I befriended a body image activist called Andreas Dorgorbrock, who's amazing. She taught me everything, everything about fat justice, everything about, I mean, she taught me words like capitalism and feminism. And then it just sort of started growing together because I talk about who I am on stage. So now I'm a comedian. I talk about fatness a lot. I have written this book. I do this podcasting thing. (laughs) You've heard of podcasts,
0: that sort of thing.
1: (laughs) I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And um, yeah, I've always been a bit of an activist type of person, meaning just stubborn and loud and not respecting authority (laughs) at all, right? so so when I found out they'd been lying to me all my life I was like what I reject it (laughs) I reject all of this (laughs) also these days I'm doing this monthly show like a a monthly online show that people can watch from all over the world which is super exciting that's
0: so cool and I talk about fatness there how have you found the uh, drive to work right now oh you know fear of um, losing everything um (laughs) okay sure sure besides that you know um just a general uh, desire
1: to I don't know pay rent (laughs) yeah
0: yes but how can you do comedy right now that's the question that's what we want okay you know what we're going to the meat of it here's the meat of it the meat of it okay how are you finding it doing comedy right now
1: I, okay, this is going to be a complicated... I'm going to try and not make it too complicated, but this is my answer. I have, in the past couple of months, six months, a year, I have started to try and embrace nuance, complexity, and context, and forgiveness, and empathy, as much as I can. And I think everything can coexist. You know, I can do one tweet about how horrible it is that they're not going to give the nurses a pay rise, which is ridiculous. And, uh, you know, in support of... There's been a lot of transphobia happening in the UK, and I can speak out against that, and I can talk about mental health. And I can also make a joke about something ridiculous. You know, I can also do some weird TikTok that's just silly. and, And I think we're very scared of... We're scared of seeming like bad people, which makes sense. No one wants to be a bad person. But I think that fear sometimes makes us do the wrong thing to look very good instead of doing the right thing which doesn't look good. So sometimes activism and sometimes doing the right thing is also saying something silly because other people also need a bit of a break, you know? I think it's... I don't want to say it's easy because it all intersects with one's mental health as well. But I always find that the worse the situation the more grotesque the situation it's almost like a, a feeling of elation is that a word elation
0: oh, yes. okay good I, yes.
1: I, it just came to me <laughs> and i mean just the day we're talking i was telling you before we started recording that my ceiling almost came down today and there was water falling through the cracks onto all of my electronics and stuff and i've never been happier than today because it was like oh the worst has happened you know, and I've been having all these, I've been in therapy, I've been talking to my therapist about having intrusive thoughts. And one of the intrusive thoughts is that my ceiling will collapse. And Oh my god, we've really? Been talking, yeah, we've been talking so much about how, you know, that's not gonna happen. That's an irrational fear. This is your anxiety talking. It's your OCD talking. You need to separate that and tell yourself constantly that of course your ceiling gonna
0: collapse. And then <laughs> and then it freaking did. This is like, this is it's that's hilarious. That is just hilarious. You're like Chicken Little. You're like the sky is falling. And everyone's like the sky is not falling, and then you're like the sky is falling. Sure the
1: sky is falling. So I'm gonna have a serious <laughs> chat with my therapist tomorrow. Being like, are oh, we gonna? Are we gonna start talking about the fact that I might be psychic <laughs> and this is not mental health is- issues? So I think wow. yeah, I think it's so grotesque and it's so horrible and. That's I think that's where all good comedy comes from. Like all it all stems from fear and insecurity and uh desperation and a survival mechanism, I think. Yeah. I agree with that. You know, like the best comedy we've had uh over the past couple of it's been well, it's been both of Hannah Gatsby's shows. They both originated in something that wasn't like a funny topic to begin with, right?
0: Totally. Yeah, I think it's hard sometimes for me and these times to joke because I feel like I can only joke about myself you know what I mean but what I'm thinking about most of the time in this situation is like the broader picture and I'm not like because I'm not I'm very aware of not being the most affected I'm like I'm privileged and so then I feel uncomfortable making jokes about things that I'm upset about right now because I'm like yeah but I'm fine I often feel that I can joke about things about me, but I don't feel comfortable joking about things that I'm learning about mm. or that don't affect me primarily. And and learning about, I mean, like specifically in this context, like isms or oppression against people who are less privileged or more marginalized than I am. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So like there's a lot of things I'm learning about and thinking about and spending a lot of time talking about right now that are like not funny. like at all and then the stuff that is funny that's going on right now I just I haven't been on social that much because I've been busy I'm like reading books and shit you know and like trying not to be depressed but then I'm like I just don't feel as invested right now in tweeting like lol I slipped or like whatever (laughs) like I
1: don't I'd retweet I would I would would (laughs) comment comment and retweet it's a good tweet actually it's a good
0: (laughs) tweet I should tweet, LOL, I slip. But you know what I mean? Like, I appreciate you still doing comedy. But honestly, when I've seen other people who are like, just joking about stuff, sometimes I'm like, shut up. What oh, are you but doing? it
1: very much depends what people are joking about. Because I've seen the same thing and yes. thought, you need to sit down and shut up right now. And the the most tiring thing is people bringing up the whole f- freedom of speech and the oh, you know, yes. comedian should be able to, oh, shut up. Yes, yes, yes. I would. I mean, I was about to say I would never. It's not true. My my intention is never to make fun of anything that I don't know anything about. Uh, I'm rehearsing being flawed in public because I think it's very important to outwardly say, I am going to fuck up. I am inherently sexist, transphobic, racist, homophobic, fatphobic. All of the all of those ableist. All of them. Because that is a society, I was raised in a tiny village in Denmark. It does not get more. Is it homogenic? Is that the word? Like Ho- Homogenous? Homogenous. Yeah. That's a much better way of pronouncing it. Thank you. <laughs> I prefer that one. <laughs> That's not to say that I'm like just, you know, saying a bunch of horrible stuff and then being like, whoopsie. But my thing is to say, my intentions are always to do the right thing. I will fuck up and then I will hope that I can handle what happens next in the best way the apology the removing it the all of those things but i think the only way we can progress and learn is if we accept this as a fact i have um a facebook group called uh, something like sophie hagen's fat club or something which is based on these online live shows i'm doing because i want a space where people are not afraid to ask the questions they're afraid of asking. Can you give a little intro to the online show that you're doing first? Before? Yeah. So I, it was meant to just be one where I thought I'll do a one-hour live online show that's part comedy, part just talk where you know, I'll tell you everything I know about fat activism. So the first one was called How to Be Happy Fat, based on my book called Happy Fat. But then turns out I only got to talk about 10% of everything I know. So then I wanted to do another one here, in in, uh, we're recording this in July. The next one is called How to Love Your Fat. And then I want to do one in August, uh, something about health. I want to do a whole hour about health within fatness, which is I'm so excited about. So it's just me online, uh, 9pm UK time, and then it's going to be up for 48 hours. So everyone anywhere can watch it at the time they want to. And it's ticketed so that daddy can pay their rent. And <laughs> a little rent money, so good. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have to move away from this lovely um, inside rainforest <laughs> pool. Um, yeah, and this pool I live in now, and um, yeah, just me talking. And I'm—it's so exciting. I can people can ask questions, and they can send me voice messages with the questions in them, so I can play them live on the show. And then, I mean, it's so much fun. SophieHagen.com. I'll uh, I'll have like show <laughs> Well, there's two things. I'll have shorter edited versions, just so that there's also something for people who watch it live, but I am planning on making it a monthly thing, so there'll probably be one in September, and I mean, until this pandemic ends and I can get out on actual stages when it's safe, right?
0: Okay, wait, so you've been doing these education shows, and then you were saying, like, people come into them. Funny education shows. (laughs)
1: Yes. Because I am a comedian. I'm I'm a comedian. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. But I am a genius. So (laughs) it's me being very clever and very funny, but without any actual university degree behind me. So it's just me saying everything I know, talking shit about people I've slept with and just just being very. I love that. But my whole thing is trying to create a space because there's a lot of people who want who want to know these things. And they're so afraid of asking and up until I guess this pandemic I didn't even want to deal with those people and that that's just me being very honest I was so tired of people not getting it I was so tired of people asking questions I was just like you have buy my book I don't care it's not my responsibility and I want to be able to just express my feelings and be angry with you because I'm so sick of being you know exposed to fatphobia all the time and I think something has happened in this virusy time that made me look at my audience in a different way and made me look at myself in a different way. That's not to say that people who are angry are doing it wrong. I 1000% respect that and get it. But I reached a point where I was like, okay, you know what, let's all be flawed. Let's ask the questions. Let's actually try and make a difference on a smaller scale which is me talking to my people. So I have this, this is all of this was just to say that there's this Facebook group. And one of the questions as three questions, you can, uh, to vet people when they come in, one of the questions is, if I told you that you were racist, sexist, fatphobic, transphobic, homophobic, ableist, etc., cetera, queerphobic, all those things, what would you say? And that is such a good way of finding out where people are.
0: Yes. What do people say?
1: Well, the, so the the correct answer is the ones who go, oh, yes, I am, and I'm working very hard not to be. You're like, yeah, absolutely yeah. fine. And there's a lot of yeah, people yeah, who yeah. think they're doing the right thing by saying, I would say, fuck off, I'm not. <gasps> and I totally get that they're like, yes, I answered this correctly. Because <laughs> that's... <laughs> some people saying, um, which is a, a tricky one, right? A lot of people said, well, I would ask you to educate me on how... I'm like, ooh, that can get a bit tricky depending on, you know. Okay.
0: Yes, the conversation. Yeah.
1: So like if I, white, told you, white, that you were racist, yeah. oh, yes, absolutely, I will educate you. Yes. But if if me, fat, <laughs>
0: calls you yes. thin, thin,
1: fatphobic, yeah. I am absolutely not needing to tell you anything. Yes. So all of that to say is that I my perfect world is getting that through to people That we have to stop saying, I am not this, I am not that. And we have to accept that we are, and then work from that, and then work outwards from that. Because it it just stops us dead in our tracks if we start by saying, oh no, I would never. Because then you've, where do we go from there? My thing is to try and be so open and honest and flawed and nuanced and complex. I've been trying to curate that through social media as well, where I've been quite active because i've been inside for 128 days yeah so i've done a lot of facebook lives and instagram lives and and i ended up having these long long facebook lives where i managed to both set boundaries in like a firm sort of do not say this you need to listen to what people are telling you You, this is not a space for you if you're not open to listening and understanding but also saying to other people hey um what we want in this space is to teach people and want to educate people and we want people to feel like they can continue to learn after this and not just have them shut down so that they walk away and learn nothing and maybe even are pushed to the other side because they felt attacked and that as a general lockdown experience mixed with doing these shows and starting to communicate a bit more with the people who follow me that has been a way for me to feel hopeful in all of this because it's very, very tricky when you look at the global picture <laughs> to feel any kind of hope. But speaking to people not you know, not one-on-one, but a few hundred at a time in a big enough space that it's still a public forum, but also it's intimate enough that people actually feel safe enough to ask questions that they wouldn't normally ask, which I'm very fascinated by.
0: What kind of questions do they ask you? Oh, you know
1: the classic, you know. Oh, what if I wanna, the one I love it so much.
0: But what if I am body
1: positive, but I still want to lose weight? Am I allowed to? <laughs> like,
0: oh. always, let, let me, always that question. Let me check. Always. With the
1: CEO of fat. Um, <laughs> oh my god. We've gotten a request from a Bridget, and uh, Bridget claims it's because she doesn't have any clothes. <laughs> So uh, she needs mm-hmm. to lose weight, actually. She just feels more healthy in a smaller body. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, it's just a classic questions so. of. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Lynn, our senior producer, mm-hmm. wants to know if you've seen May Martin's Netflix show Feel Good. I, have not, I haven't seen it. I have not seen it yet, and I'll tell you Sorry, why.
1: Sorry, <laughs> I will tell you why. I know it's going to be amazing, and I, I'm, I don't know what it is, but I would rather watch trash that I know is trash than watch something same. that I know is going to touch my emotions. And I love That's why May. I haven't
0: watched normal
1: people yet. Same, same. I, all the things yeah. that people have I haven't seen, uh, what was that called? I May Destroy You.
0: Yes, yeah, same. I've not Michaela seen that. new yeah. show. I know I'm going to love it. Like, I know same. I'm going to uh, adore same. it.
1: Same. And I've been watching all eight seasons of Desperate Housewives, <laughs> yeah. which is so <laughs> problematic. Yeah. I feel you. I will love it. And I've seen her um, Net- Netflix special, May Martin. is so good. Really? Oh, the best beginning and ending to a show ever.
0: What other shows or videos or specials besides yours? Which we are recommending all of. Do you recommend right now, specifically for this weird pandemic time? Some things I've watched that are comedies have not made me feel happy. I'll be honest. They don't feel right for right now. <laughs> Gotta feel right for right now.
1: Well, it depends what you want. Do you wanna escape into your brain, or do you wanna? I don't know. The
0: problem is it's scary in
1: here and <laughs> out there right <laughs> now. Know? I know. <laughs> when I watch anything, I detach. So it's weirdly, I get my educational stuff from podcasts. But when I watch things, it has to just be like eight seasons of Desperate Housewives. It is the most problematic non-show. There's no logic in it. And the ending was the, one of the worst endings I've ever seen in my life. And I enjoyed every second of it.
0: Here's a little shout-out for one of our favorite podcasts that's also giving us a shout-out. Inappropriate Questions from CBC Podcasts is a show about questions, ones that might be uncomfortable. From How Old Are You to Did You Lose Weight and Can I Speak to Your Manager, hosts Elena Hudgens Lyle, a queer millennial, and Harvinder Wadwa, a dad, talk to people who have been asked these questions to find out where they come from and learn more respectful ways to get curious. You can subscribe to Inappropriate Questions on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, my pandemic comedy wreck is... Okay, Victor and I have been... This is is an out-of-left-field one. Victor and I have been watching this show on the Disney Plus app. I think... Okay, I have to look up the name.
1: Is it Hamilton? I've heard of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Hamilton. It's called... Okay, it's called Critter Fixer. Critter, critter fixer. Do you know what a critter is? No. Okay, a critter. A critter is like that's like a country name for an animal. Oh, okay. You know, you're like oh. get that critter out of my yard or okay. whatever. It's like there's some critters eating the crops or okay. like sure. that little critters getting yeah. dirt all over or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, I get it. Yeah. Okay. So it's these two black veterinarians who have a practice outside of Atlanta, and they're just. Nice people. <laughs> and oh. they just fix critters. <laughs> That's um, What kind of animals is it then? All sorts of animals. They like, they help a the tortoise. Oh. They help, they go and they see if cows are pregnant. Oh. The one time a goose was hit by a car and animal control brought it in to see if they could fix the goose. So
1: it's not even like fun, like special animals. It's just like the most regular animals. It's just like,
0: they're just in the country and they're critter fixers. It's just That's really wholesome. Amazing. <laughs> Don't watch it if you can't watch any like medical stuff because it, it is like a reality show where they'll be like, Dr. So-and-so is now going to try to like reset amazing. the <laughs> goose's leg reset. or whatever. They're so sweet. They're nice to each other. On one episode, one of them brought his son with him who wants to go to vet school and like had him see if the cow was Aww. pregnant. And he's like, you still want to go to vet school, son? And he was like, yeah, dad, I do. Like it's, okay, wait, we could talk about other stuff forever, but I yeah. want to it- hit on a couple of things okay okay if you think you'll talk about covid in your future comedy this is a question i'm interested in because it's like again this is the thing i was talking about being really hard for me right now where it's like very hard to predict the future but do you think yeah. that like in five years you'll be like lol remember covid or like what do you think <laughs> do you have any predictions i don't
1: just based on what everything i've talked about till now i don't think i will 'Cause I usually just talk about what's happening in my head. So if, if if I wanna tell a story that takes place during this time, then I'll have to mention it. But I don't I don't really do topical or you know what? That all depends on what comedy looks like after the pandemic, you know? Is it just gonna go back to what it is now? Is it gonna be socially distanced? Will there be a long period of time where I have to make jokes about how the world looks different? you know yes do people even want to you know I was preparing a new show before we went into lockdown and that's fucked because all the things I was saying in that I don't believe in anymore because of what's happened in my head and my relationship with my audience has changed and so when I go back the first show I'm gonna do what's that gonna be you know what do I believe who am I after the pandemic which I think a lot of That's us. That's how is, I feel right
0: now. That's exactly right? how I feel right now. Who am I yeah. gonna be? Who who am I?
1: Who are gonna be my friends? What will I want to do? You know how, how much will I want to leave my house? Who do I still want to spend time with? Do I want to spend time with the people who risked other people's lives because they were bored, or because they were selfish? And also, this you could look at it from a business perspective. I think. Everyone's going to talk about COVID. <laughs> like, everyone's going to talk about COVID. <laughs> and I at least have so many other stories and things I want to talk about. Like, I'm, I'm beginning to talk a lot more about complex PTSD, and uh, I still have, I really want to talk more about the whole anti purity, and I want to talk about fatness in a proper show. Like, I've mentioned it before, but I've never done a stand up show about that, which is what I was working on before. Uh, and I was going to make it a very angry show, but now I'm just not that angry anymore. So,
0: <laughs> I'm going to have to change that again. So, yeah. We literally had, I mean, we spent the first six months of this year developing, we have like 10 episodes that we did that we were just like, okay, well, (laughs) we're literally going to have to release them later. Like when we're taking a break between our fifth and sixth seasons, because we were just like, well, this doesn't apply anymore. Okay. It's (laughs) like new material.
1: I think, you know what? I think actually my podcast is basically the equivalent of what the comedy is going to be because it's, of course we touch upon it because it's huge. So it's, you know, how are you dealing with all of this? How are you feeling? But then we will always end up talking about other stuff that's deeper. One thing is talking about the pandemic. There is a pandemic. Uh, I can't leave my house. <laughs> Wear a mask. But another thing is talking about, and which is the stuff I really love, is the how do you deal with being alone with yourself? What do you learn about yourself in this situation? What is your relationship with fear? You know, did you have to face your demons
0: you know, how do you cope with this? What was your reaction? This is a good ad for your podcast. (laughs) Everyone listen to Made of Human. It's a good podcast. But it's also my
1: that's that's the same in my comedy. I can't just touch upon like a a topic. I have I have to sort of find out. It's that thing of going, right, okay, let's question this and let's find out what's actually behind this. And the same when we talked about social justice and dealing with that is also like going into, okay, but why is this hard for you to believe and what is it that Basically, it's, I mean, the title of the podcast and my life should be, what's your trauma? Because that's all I want to (laughs) know. Where's the trauma behind this? Who hurt you? Who hurt you? Yeah.
0: I mean, that makes sense. Has your relationship with fatness changed at all in pandemic?
1: You know what? I didn't think it, I I didn't even think about it. And then, you know, Stacey Bias. Mm -mm. she's a fat activist living in London. She's American. Uh she's behind the Flying Whilst Fat
0: group. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. And
1: she did that animation, that very popular animation.
0: Yes. She is incredible. We should have her on the show. Oh
1: you absolutely should. She's oh she has so much good to say. Well now I'm gonna steal one of the things she said. <laughs> she oh she just like pointed out that I haven't been body shamed, like I haven't been uh abused in the street. I've I've not been outside for a door for hundred and twenty eight days, right? At the time of us recording this. I have not felt too big for anything in full months. I have not been worried about people not wanting to sit next to me. I've not worried about uh, losing my uh, breath if I walk upstairs. I've not made shrunken myself walking past people in the street. I've not worried about them shouting something. I've not, need, not want really wanted headphones, which I did all the time in case people would shout, right? So it must have changed in some way. I mean, I think it's changed the, going outside, this such an expectation, right? This is an expectation of, like, you have to expect all the things. Oh, I, ha- I don't want to wear makeup, but I should, because not wearing makeup is even more not living up to the standards that they want me to look like. So I guess I'll have to wear makeup just to make the, the risk of abuse a bit smaller. You know, it's like pre-booking seats, like a lot of anxiety around just standing on an escalator can people walk past and there must have been a change in that also i've worn comfortable clothing
0: same four
1: months i've not worn a jumpsuit for four months i used to wear them every day
0: (laughs) i'm not going back to a bra i'm never wearing a bra again i don't care i also have small boobs so i know that that's a small (laughs) boob privilege but i won't i'm never going to why why would i
1: that's amazing. I think I feel like that about. Oh, I don't want to wear shoes. I don't like shoes anymore. But I don't think I can get out get out of that. But uh, I'm actually I have I'm, to
0: wear em- shoes.
1: Bra bras was one of the things that I I've embraced. I realized that I, I did not wear bras for other people. I wore it for me. I like them. Good. Well,
0: you probably have bigger boobs than me. M-
1: maybe, but it could also be a non-binary thing, right?
0: It could be a gender thing. Oh sure. I just mean I think it's uncomfortable for people with larger boobs. I've been told to not have the support. Maybe. But. Oh.
1: I mean, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have a large chest. I don't have like large, large medium, I'd say, but.
0: Um, you have, you have medium. You have medium, at yeah, least medium. bigger than me, boobs, for sure.
1: I've never, and I'm not just saying this to flatter you, but I've never looked,
0: you know. I'm not have a you, well, then I'm you're not, on I your thought eyes. you were fucking queer. Why haven't you looked at my boobs, Sophie?
1: Looking, I've looked in your soul. <laughs> and what I want to know is not how your boobs look. I want to know how you feel. About your
0: boobs. (laughs) I feel like the president of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, that's the stuff I care about. (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, it might be a, um, I think it might be a gender thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, the main reason I haven't worn bras is because of, in pandemic, is because of not going out. Because I Mm. don't like men looking at my nipples. That's Mm. the main reason I would wear a bralette. Mm. I honestly wouldn't mind anyone other than a cis man Like taking a peek, but it makes me feel super unsafe. Yeah, (laughs) and it's 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 man, you know. Yeah, but I've been doing more. Like I told you, we live right next to a shopping street, and I walk around to get my medications from the Rite Aid. And I've been going more, just no bralette. Don't care. Sometimes people look. Mostly they don't look. Don't give a shit. You know. You're free. Let's wrap up. I'm excited to hear what makes it into the episode. Yeah. I hope that our patrons are happy with our super long cut from this. We're not even going to do extra questions because we're clearly just going to cut some from this to you. And it is, as always, a pleasure to talk to you. We've tried to have you on the show multiple times. I'm so glad it finally is happening like this. And we're also wanting to have you on our next season for a full episode just on your book because... Uh, we've all read and loved your book happy oh, fat so please look out for that fat Malie will be a great discussion okay you can follow sophie hagan on their instagram sophie hagan dk on twitter at sophie Hagen, on their website sophiehagan.com and you can use that website to buy their new book happy fat and some of their online specials so please do that did we forget anything to promo for you i i do so
1: much podcast made of human podcast just a conversation. Lots of fat people on it. It's great. And then I'm doing these monthly shows, which I'm pretty sure I'll still be doing by the time this comes out. Health and all of those will also be available on my website. Live online shows that will be available for uh, 48 hours afterwards. So all of you Americans listening in weird time zones, you'll still be able to watch even so you don't have to get up at like 4am to watch it. Oh yeah, so by the time you listen to this, my new podcast will be out, which is not self-produced, so it's like a BBC, which uh, to you Americans, you probably don't know this, but it's a pretty big deal. <laughs>
0: it's a pretty big deal. No, it's that's a, a huge deal. It's a huge
1: deal. It's a. It's important for me to say I've been hired as a co-host, so it's not my project to begin with. And so I haven't heard any of the edits, so I'm, I feel very like I don't have any control. It's a true crime podcast <sighs> where I chat with Dr. Julia Shaw, who's a criminal psychologist it's about evil it's called bad people that's about you know does evil exist are people evil why do bad people do bad things and uh it escalates in that we start out agreeing in a friendly way and we end up arguing a lot because it turns out we disagree on everything my non-educated brain disagrees with her very educated scientific (laughs) brain a lot which I think is a very interesting dynamic, but I'm feeling quite um, not vulnerable, but hopeful about it because I, the true crime podcast fan circuit, is uh, it's hardcore, it's a and I just really hope they don't hate me.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Um, okay, well, I'm excited to listen to that. That sounds really good. That sounds really fun. I'm very excited. Are you still doing your self isolation care package, or are you not doing that? Anymore? I will be.
1: That? Um, well, I've run out of books, but then the paperback comes out in the UK. Then, so I've ordered, like, I've bought 200 copies. So w- once they arrive, I'm going to start doing them again.
0: Cool. so make sure you follow Sophie on Instagram so you can get in on these self-isolation care packages because they've looked pretty good.
1: I have a newsletter, again, sophiehagan.com forward slash newsletter or just the front page as a pub-up thing, a very annoying pub-up thing. Once or twice a month, I send one out that has all the information, all the news, all the discount codes, all the, you will know this before anyone else. And also I overshare because I don't think people read it. So I tell secrets and gossip (laughs) and I really open up. It's, you know, I wrote extensively about coming out as non-binary. I've I've told stories about journalists that I'm not allowed to talk about because it would put me in bad standing with certain uh, publications, but because it's my newsletter, I don't give a shit, so I do it anyways uh it's my favorite thing is that newsletter i love it because instagram twitter facebook all those things you can never be sure that people see what you want to put out so they'll see that annoying selfie that doesn't have any meaning but they won't see that very important post you did about whatever newsletters you will get every single one two a month you'll know everything you don't even need to ever feel that you miss anything and uh, it's my favorite thing
0: okay i'm signing up you pitched it you. you nailed it i'm going sign you. up for it today
1: thank you thank you so much for coming on the show it's been very fun i've really enjoyed it i'll get you on made of human yay
0: that'll be fun
1: yeah i'd love that
0: thank you very much for listening and thank you for being part of the family and thank you for being great we love you and that's our show producing saf in covid times is made possible by our beloved patrons special thanks to Sophie Butcher, Megan Crate, Cassandra S. Hoyle, Bridget, Mary Braun, Megan Horton, Amber Stone, Jennifer E. Costic, Esther Clark, and Amaya Whitworth. Thank y'all so much. We literally couldn't do this without you. This week's call to action is to pool your pocket change, and it comes to us from senior producer Lynn. Lynn says, My friend Josie Niren has been pooling donations to a huge variety of organizations and activists doing anti-racist, anti-incarceration, and housing justice work. The idea is pocket change, like $1 here, $5 there, and then Josie pools all those small contributions together to make one significant donation to that day's org. Even if you can't donate to every pool, you can follow the orgs, you can pass along the pooling info, people have even been just tagging Twitter celebs to retweet the pools and get more donations. It's really cool so you can follow lynn's friend josie at nosy Jiren on twitter for daily updates on ongoing and past pools and you can join and you can join the tiny letter linked in the show notes she's all fat was created by me sophie carter khan and april k quio who graduated we are an independent production if you'd like to support the work we do you can join our patreon by visiting patreon.com shesallfatpod she's pod when you pledge to be a supporter you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023 and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by carolyn pennypacker riggs our website was designed by jesse fish and our logo is by hannah sanger lynn barbera co-produced and edited this episode yelly cruz is our magical junior producer our thin crony forever is maria bertel i'm our host and co-producer our facebook instagram and twitter handles are at she's all fat pod you can find the show on apple podcasts spotify stitcher google play and wherever else you get your podcasts stay safe we love you